Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Went with Blue Mountain State. Welcome in to the first edition, first episode of the Five Tool Fantasy Baseball Podcast. David Mendelson here, host of the First Down Fantasy Football Podcast, coming on our other platform. We're here with a familiar face, Eric Mendelson. You can follow him at E underscore men underscore D. Yeah, I just get linked into whatever David does. You just kind of hang on to uh, hang on to me in a sense here. You're and such a great uh, leader. And uh, we welcome in our fantasy baseball expert uh, here for his first podcast. He'll be joining us weekly for the fantasy baseball podcast editions here. Uh, we have Art Zalis. You can follow him at Art underscore Zalis on Twitter. Art, what's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, just been neck deep in uh, in prep for the draft and uh, ready to get to, ready to get going on this on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's uh, you guys uh, smell that. It's uh, it smells like freshly cut grass. You can hear the sound of the baseball hitting the glove. Pitcher and catcher are back and reporting. Oh my! Yeah, I thought uh, getting ready for a bacon sizzling hot take. Ah, well, we will uh, definitely carry over some of our fun stuff from the fantasy football podcast here on the baseball one. Um, we got a lot to get to. Obviously, baseball season is right around the corner. Uh, the season kicks off at the end of March, but we will have games starting in about a week and a half. Actually, I think it's a week from tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. We will have our first spring training games. Um. So it'll be fun to see kind of who starts rising, who starts falling, um, who we start panicking over, um, injuries, mm-hmm. all that good stuff is right around the corner. Um, this is definitely um, one of the best times of the year as we get ready for our fantasy baseball drafts. Unless you're an Astros fan. Yes, we're going to yeah. get into it, the whole crazy part with the Astros. Um, I would like to say, so we are the Five Tool Fantasy Baseball Podcast. What we offer here on Five Tool Fantasy, the Five Tool Fantasy Baseball Podcast, we offer analysis, projections, stats, advice, and of course, we always have the humor in there. Um, so this will be something weekly to just remind you guys everything that we offer. Um, anybody has any questions, we'll make sure that you can write in and ask our experts, and we'll be able to answer them for you as we get them. Um, we're going to start with our first segment. We're going to do some news and notes. All right. So we are starting off first with the big kahuna of the off season. And that is this whole Astros scandal. Um, everybody, I think if you 
follow baseball, if you don't follow baseball, um, everybody's heard about this scandal. Uh, there's so many layers to pick apart. Um, we could spend a whole hour just talking about this, but I'm going to try to ask Art, I'll ask you first and maybe give me 60 seconds or less. Just what's your whole analysis of the scandal? Do you think any players are going to be negatively affected from this or no changes at all? Are they scaring you as far as your draft strategy? Are you taking them? Um, and then just, again, overall your thoughts on this whole uh, ordeal. I, I don't really have a great handle on how to, uh, how to weigh this trash can banging that the Astros were doing. I, I am not going to downgrade the Astros players because of that, especially the top-end guys, guys like Alex Bregman, guys like Jose Altuve and George Springer. Because I think that if other people are will, are going to downgrade them, I'll, I'll gladly gobble them up at a reduced rate, reduced from there where I think they should be going. I think they're still going to produce. I think they're still going to be great assets for your fantasy baseball team. As far as what they were doing, I I, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, you saw uh, John Boy. Uh, I don't know if you follow John Boy on Twitter, but you saw the the, the video he put together with Danny Farquhar uh, out on the mound, noticing them banging when he's throwing his off-speed pitches. It just, it just blows my mind that professional athletes and a professional organization would think that they could get away with something like this. Well, they did. They did for a while. Um, Eric, what yeah. are your thoughts? Same question. Yeah, so I kind of have a little bit of the opposite reaction of Art in terms of fantasy. Obviously, I'm not not going to draft Bregman Altuve, but keep in mind they're going to get booed everywhere they went. Uh, they were talking about I think it was Sandy Alomar that like spin on an umpire and in like the '90s, and he got booed everywhere. Like they're going to boo the Astros everywhere they go, and uh, you know you don't know if they were using the trash cans last year. They still have a good lineup, but you know they don't have Garrett Cole anymore. Um, and I think there's going to be a target on them. I, I would still draft Bregman and, uh, you know, George Springer and Altuve, but maybe not as high. And just the real life, kind of like Art said, it's a little sad. I feel like we're learning more and more. And it's interesting because half the players are coming forth, like Dallas Keuchel and Marwin Gonzalez, and are admitting to it. And then there's people like Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve that are still denying it or not commenting on it, so... I think as time goes on, we're only going to learn more and more, which is kind of interesting. All right, I'll ask you both this question. Would you take – are you taking Alex Bregman if you have a first-round pick? No. Alex Bregman – no? No. Why? So either of you, if let's say you have the 10th to 12th pick in the first round, you guys are only taking him on the way back. You guys aren't looking to take Alex Bregman at any point in the first round. I want to see how the how the pitching is going and how the draft is going. I wouldn't say no, but I don't think it's a given. I I think I I think that if you're in a points league, uh, Bregman is too valuable. He gets too many walks. He was the top scoring player in all of the points league fantasy baseball last year. Uh, at the back end of the first round, I think he's a great value. Okay, I I think that's a good point, Art. Um... Bregman does tend to, well, I believe if I'm not mistaken, he had more walks than strikeouts last year. Um, so you both feel confident that with this whole scandal that those numbers won't change? 
Well, you know what's interesting is I feel like at some point, like maybe a player gets in trouble and gets gets suspended. I have no idea, but I think that's somewhat of a risk you take. Yeah, yeah, you can't. I how a baseball Manfred can can decide to turn a blind eye to the players who are part and parcel of this whole thing is kind of crazy to me. Everything came down on Luna and Hinge and the organization and the players, they just get to sit back there and say no comment. It's a, it's a, it's a strange, it's a strange circumstance. It really is. Uh, let's move on to our next piece of news here. We look at the, uh, all these big signings in the off season. I'm not going to list every single one, but some of the big ones, we have Garrett Cole to the Yankees, Anthony Rendon to the Angels. We have Josh Donaldson to the Twins. Yosemite Grandal goes to the White Sox. Zach Wheeler to the Phillies. Yinjun Ryu to the Blue Jays. Um, I'm just going to ask, Eric, I'll start with you. Um, what is, first, the biggest impact free agent signing, and what is the most under-the-radar free agent signing? Oh, uh. I think under the radar was Zach Wheeler because in fantasy drafts, he's pretty low. And I think Philly's going to have a good offense to back him up. I mean, he's pitched in the NLEs before, gets to face the Marlins a bunch. Uh, I think the biggest signing low-key is Anthony Rendon. I think he's going to have a great year uh, with the Angels, with Mike Trout in that lineup. So... Are you not worried about the NLAL transition, which seems to affect some players a lot in the beginning of their seasons? Yeah, but, you know, Rendon, the last time we saw him, was just so clutch in the playoffs. Like, I think he's just naturally a good baseball player. And maybe he'll go through a slump, but I think he's someone that's going to have a good year. And for just for the record, you don't have to necessarily pick one of the ones I just listed. These are just some of the big names. If there's one I didn't mention that you would like to bring up, Feel free to. I just okay. would have, it would have taken me 10 years to write down every signing this offseason. That's um, true. Art, uh, same question for you. I think uh, an under-the-radar signing that I'm looking for out of fantasy is uh, Marcelo Zuna going to Atlanta. I think he slots right into the Josh Donaldson uh, spot in the batting order, hitting fourth uh, behind Freddie Freeman. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to drive in. Uh, a pretty potent top of the lineup. Uh, I'm not sure about the protection behind him in the lineup. I know the bottom of it is 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 uh, is kind of weak. But uh, Ozuna is gonna is gonna be nice. He's coming in at a at a sort of a later ADP as well, and I think he just provides value in that in outfield. And he was uh, a late signing, so he's one who I really like. And is there a um... I guess you could kind of say that one's under the radar um, in mm-hmm. a sense. Is there um, – I guess it's kind of – is there a big one uh, that you that sticks out to you of, like, the bigger headline-speaking ones? Like Eric well, said with I, Anthony Rendon. I, I think this year um, I, I like the Garrett Cole signing. Obviously, the Yankees needed a top-end starter. Uh, I think that – He's going to be someone who I'm not going to draft at his price because he's going in the top five, going in the top five or so. And uh, you know, you do see uh, a lot of people have a tough time in their first year after signing a big contract. Um, so Cole is someone who I'm who I'm watching. 
Uh, I'm probably not going to have any shares of him, but uh, because of that first year of the big contract, but I think it's a great signing uh, in the long run for the Yankees, obviously. Agreed with that. I, I think one that I've, I want to highlight, the Josh Donaldson signing, I think he's going to mm-hmm. fit right into that lineup. Um, and a rake. And that lineup already led the majors in home runs last year, got even stronger. He's going to have even more protection around him. Um you can argue ballpark is very similar as far as it's not going to be like he's making a difficult transition as far as a bigger ballpark. I would not be shocked to see um, Josh Donaldson um, put up top five third baseman numbers next year. And, wow. and he also had, um, I think it's according to Fangraphs, he had uh, one of the top three hardest hit balls rate um, during the course of the season last year. So, um, third base is extremely, extremely deep. So if you miss out on the Anthony Rendones of the world or the Nolan Arenados of the world, I think he could be a really sneaky pickup you could get later in the draft that will give you similar production. Um, yeah. I, I agree. I think that's a good call. Yeah. Um, move on to our last bit of news and notes here. And we're looking at the... News that kind of went down uh, was very uh, interesting because I don't think I've – maybe you guys remember one where a trade was offered, accepted, then rescinded, and then made over and then offered again and accepted. Um, all the moving parts in this Red Sox-Dodgers trade, um, very hard to keep track of. Um, there's a lot of, of key pieces to this. Um, so just for those that don't know the trade, the trade the Dodgers got in this trade – they got Mookie Betts, David Price, Cash, um, and Bruce Star Gratterall, um, outfielder Luke Ray, uh, Rayleigh from the Twins, and then the 67th pick in the draft. The Red Sox got Alexander Verdugo, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong. Those are both two prospects along with Alexander Verdugo. And the Twins got Kenta Maeda, catcher Jair Camargo, and $10 million cash from the Dodgers. So... Art, I'm going to start with you. Out of these three teams, which team you think made out the best from this trade? And then is there any kind of pieces that people might be sleeping on in this trade, whether it's a prospect or a, a player that's not getting as much hype in this trade? I mean, I, I don't think know how you can choose anyone, but the Dodgers is coming out the best on this trade. Um, as long as you're willing to spend the money, you can get a great team, and the Dodgers showed that. Um, Retweet. Yeah, yeah. The, Mookie Betts is one of the top players in all of baseball, and he has been for a few years. And the Dodgers, they're 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 sniffing a championship. They're desperate for it. You know, they they haven't had one in a long time. So good on them for willing to take the luxury tax hit. And I think if we're going to go under the radar, uh, like a little bit slept on, I think David Price is a great great addition to Los Angeles. Um, Obviously, the Dodgers play a lot of games with their starters. They have a lot of depth in their rotation. But he's going to a great pitching ballpark, and uh, he's, he's always been a, he's been a pretty good pitcher over the last few years. But I think his value goes up because of this. Interesting. So are, is any part of you um, worried with the Dustin Mays of the world or all these guys that the Dodgers have that they'll, you know, plug in for – six to eight starts at a time and then take them back to the bullpen. Is any part of you scared that uh, they might kind of limit David Price and have these other guys step in for him in a bunch of different turns in his rotation? 
Oh my God. I, I think that they're going to do that. Um, now with, they, they've changed the uh, IL rules so that they can't drop guys down for short stints. They made it a 15 day IL. So they're not going to be able to play as many games using the IL rules with their pitchers. Um, but they have so many good arms. They have May, they have Gonsolin, they have Ross Stripling still who didn't end up going in this trade. Um, they're going to play games. They're going to give all their guys a chance to be fresh come September. So, but I think if you're going to talk 25 to 30 starts, uh, price, price for that amount of time, he's not going to get you, you know, 180 plus innings, but I think he'll be solid quality innings when he pitches. Interesting. Very good point about the 15 day IL. I think a lot of people don't realize that, um, especially because with baseball season, having not started yet, one of the things that people can catch up on from the off season. Yeah. Um, Eric, same question for you. And uh, to be honest, Art answered exactly how I would like literally everything. I'm, th- I'm sitting here like, damn, I feel the exact same way. I think in terms of, you know, Mookie Betts, they're getting a top hitter. They want to win a championship. He's a top hitter in baseball. Uh, and with David Price, I mean, he's won a World Series before, and he's pitched in big innings. I think during the regular season, he'll be a five innings a night kind of guy and just mm-hmm. keep him fresh. Um, so I think he actually has value in fantasy. Maybe not the, the ceiling that he once had where he could get, you know, eight innings, 10 Ks, but, you know, a good five innings, one earned run, four strikeouts type thing, get a W. Um, I want to add a couple pieces that we didn't touch on on this trade. The, I'm a big Twins fan for those that are going to be started listening to this podcast, and I'm very familiar with Bruce Stark Ratterall. Um, he throws 100 miles an hour, uh, has a really good sinker. Um, he averages about 1K per nine. It's not like he's a, a high, high strikeout guy, but he definitely can strike some guys out. Um, I do believe the Dodgers view him as their closer for the future. So I do think if Kenley Jansen starts struggling, this could be a very sneaky pickup. Um, I think he will get an opportunity um, to close games if Jansen struggles this season. Look, Kenley Jansen's going to have open heart surgery. He has it like once a year. Well, I think whether if you're in a dynasty league, this is a great stash. Um, If he's, uh, again, maybe at the end of your draft, you can snag him with your last pick and just keep him and just kind of see what happens. Uh, I think he's a great kind of low-key piece here. Uh, Also to highlight Alexander Verdugo for the Red Sox. He's going from a part-time player to a everyday player. So the Red Sox are going to let him go out there and either he's going to fail or he's going to succeed. Um, and he's very uh, – his value, I, don't, I think, is is pretty low. So it's one of those guys, hey, you're missing – especially if you're in a five outfielder league and you need a guy later on in the draft that's going to get at bats that can, you know, yeah. kind of add a lot of, you know, thump to your lineup. There's a guy right there. and Kenton- David, it bothers me. It bothers me that you say Alexander. Why don't you just say Alex? I like to uh I'm a very proper guy. I like to give him his full birth name. I think I think Alex Verdugo is the name on fantasy though. Yeah, but you know what? We don't know him on a first name basis. We can't talk. Okay. <laughs> True. True. He's Mr. He's Mr. Verdugo. Yeah. That's what Mr. Verdugo <laughs> to you. Uh, <laughs> and the last part, obviously Kenta Maeda piece. He's going from the Dodgers who limit his innings to the twins who are gonna let him just throw. And 
I'm not saying he's going to give you um, electric numbers, but he is probably a very reliable back end of your rotation type of guy. Um, has a lot of money invested in his incentives. Um, so I think mm-hmm. the Twins have a lot of salary space, and they'll give him plenty of chances to reach those incentives. I think your point about Verdugo is really good. Uh, he, a lot of people are thinking, uh, I think Roster Resource says that he's going to be hitting at the top of that Red Sox lineup. And I think right now his ADP is around 200 or so. Let me, let me look. And that's obviously not going to stay if he's projected to be hitting at the top of the lineup. His ADP is going to start going up. Correct. Yeah. Good, very good. Point. David, he, he's really tatted. Do you like him? Is he really? Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I might draft him now. He's a, I he seemed like a good old boy. I didn't realize he was a. Yeah, I I saw that now because I had him a lot in fantasy last year. I was like, damn, guys tatted up. Um, well, I learned something new today. <laughs> um, yeah, I see him. He's at a, he's at a two nineteen ADP, and if he's going to be going at the top of that red box lineup, he's going to be producing a lot. That ADP is gonna you're gonna have to start looking for him earlier and earlier as the as the spring goes on. All right, well, that's kind of just a little cliff notes version of some of the big news from this off season. We're gonna get into the meat of this episode, if you will, and we're going to uh, start attacking our rankings here. And each week we're going to tackle two different positions. Um, this week we'll be doing catchers and relief pitchers. Um, we'll be doing first base, third base, middle infield, uh, outfield, starting pitchers, all the good stuff. For if, So if you have questions, please send them in regarding where we feel certain guys are with our rankings. Um, but again, the first week, we kind of go to the positions that everybody kind of overlooks. We're starting with catcher and relief pitcher. So we are looking at your pitchers and catchers reported. The real ones know. So wait, so did you miss when I already said that? No, I'm just bringing it up. I was going to say, you just uh, don't even listen to your host already talk about that in the beginning. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about some overvalues, some undervalues, and some sleepers. Um, so, Eric, I'm going to start with you. Um, give me what I would like is obviously some overvalues, undervalues, and sleepers. But just make sure to throw some names in there that people may not be familiar with, too. Okay. Uh all right, I did not do that much research for that. I made my top like ten or twelve. Give us your give us your top ten. All right, um, I like JT Real Muto. I think consensus number one catcher. Uh, I like Wilson Contreras at number two. Uh, I think that you know he when healthy he's really good and he'll be with Brian and Rizzo and Baez. Do you want me to just name off the people? Go ahead. I love Mitch Garver this year. I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, that's kind of like one of my sleepers. Gary Sanchez, Grandall. I think Will Smith is going to have a good year. Wilson Ramos. Uh, I think Yadier Molina can uh, provide you some, you know, steady catcher play. Uh, Salvador Perez and then uh, Omar Neves to round out my top ten. Interesting. So you would say, I guess you're – you're very, very big on Mitch Garver. You said you put him number three? Yeah. Do you have him above Grandall, Wilson Contreras? Uh, I have him above Grandall and right below Wilson Contreras. Oh, so you have Gary Sanchez behind him? Yeah. Okay. 
interesting. Um, Art, what about you? Um, I think that uh, JT Real Muto is the top catcher in both Roto and points formats, but in points formats, Yasmani Grandal is right on his heels because he has such a good walk rate. Um, I think Sal Perez is someone who is getting uh, getting uh, pushed up because he's projected to get a lot of at-bats, which is really rare among catchers. Another catcher who I think, if he stays healthy, will get a lot of at-bats, and, we'll get, and you can get him really late, is Buster Posey. Um, and in a points format, Posey actually is one of the few guys who doesn't strike out drastically more than he walks. So he's not going to kill you with that. A lot of guys uh, who are sort of on the uh, uh, late uh, late sleepers, like Tom Murphy and Jorge Alfaro, are big strikeout guys, and uh, you gotta you gotta really them. So in a roto league, you can go with that, but in a points league, you cannot go with a guy like Murphy or Alfaro because you're losing over a hundred points off their totals. Uh, just because they strike out so much more than they want. Yeah, seeing those so, minus threes, you're like, ugh. Oh, yeah, my God. It's, those it's, are killer. Yeah, they kill you. And, and you see in catcher, you know, there's so few guys that get at bat. Last year, only 14 catchers got over 400 plate appearances. You're, you're looking at holding on to a guy who's going to play maybe maybe two-thirds of the time. So guys who get at, at bats like Sal Perez and Buster Posey, I think – are undervalued right now and uh, they, and and both of them can produce all right i'm glad you brought up that point about salvador perez because i actually have him fifth in my rankings and a part of that reason too is because he's also going to get a lot of at bats at first base in dh so i think the royals have a, every intention to play him almost every day regardless of where he's playing but he's coming off a torn acl and he's kind of fat no offense yeah but you can be a good hitter and still be fat I, th- I think South Perez is coming off of Tommy. I think he's coming off of Tommy John surgery. I think Isn't you're right. right? I think I read there was a thing that came out today about his shoulder or his elbow uh, being ninety percent, um, and he said it'll be a hundred percent by this time the season starts. Yeah, I think it, he's he's going to have a decent year, but I worry about his durability. Um, I, I, go ahead, Art. No. What do you say? No, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I think that, you know, you're, you're kind of closing one eye and looking away to the side going, oh, my God, should I hit draft or should I draft my fifth outfielder? And, yeah. you know, Perez is a guy, if he's healthy, they're going to play him. So, I, you know, and, and if, he, if he's hurt, you're, you're, you're stuck trying to get through with uh, Jorge Alfaro. You know, it's or, funny. Um, if we had Prez yeah. on the show, he wouldn't have a comment at all because he doesn't have catchers. Well, you were funny. I was getting to that. <laughs> that we're in our fantasy that we play in. Uh, I know I was guilty of it a bunch last year, where you sell your catcher position to stash another pitcher. Um, I think if you're not getting one of the elite guys, it's a strategy a lot of guys start resorting to. Um, it's a, it's a strategy because we have we play with a very slim bench in our league, and and uh, if we had a deeper bench no one would be playing that strategy yeah very good point (laughs) Uh, you gotta gotta make do with what you have Um, exactly a couple points i wanted to make omar nevaez i think is i know um one of you mentioned him i think 
him going from part-time in Seattle to full-time in Milwaukee, from that ballpark in Seattle to that ballpark in Milwaukee. Um, he's a name, I think, to kind of keep under the radar that he uh, – if you told me he hit 30 home runs and drove in, you know, 70 next year, um, I wouldn't shock me, um, especially in uh, a good hitting lineup like Milwaukee. Um, I'm interested, where do you guys fall on the Will Smith train? I like him. I feel like six is a little low, but I can't think of who to put him above. But I think he has a high ceiling. Um, Will Smith is someone who I think showed a lot of power last year for the first time. And his minor league number wasn't, he wasn't a big power hitter. But um, that's not totally uncommon for, for guys to come up and, and, and exhibit a little bit more power as they, you know, grow into their body. Um, I think he's going to continue that power, but he's a real batting average uh, liability. He's projected to hit 225 next year by steamer projections. Um, so um, last year, I think, he, I think last season he was much better than that. Last season, I think he hit – last season, sorry, let me pull this up. Last season, he hit 253, uh, which was driven by a three, um, 318 BABIP. Uh, no, sorry, a 264 BABIP. They're saying his BABIP stays the same. Um, so I don't understand why his, his, um, his, uh, his batting average would drop to what they're suggesting it drops. So this is, if he can keep his batting average above 250, he's going to have that pop. He's going to give you a good production, but I think he's he's kind of you know you don't know what you're going to get, so uh, you know take him ahead of a lot of these ten, eleven, twelve catchers. But I think there's a lot more safe bets above him. Interesting. I was I'm going to start in the future. I'm going to have a drop for every uh, advanced metric stat that we drop in there. I was waiting for the first Babbitt. Um, that, that's a very good point. Um, I do think there's a lot of potential there, especially like you were saying. I mean, a 260 bad bip isn't insanely high to where it's not where no. um, like a, a one no. auto that had a 400 plus bad bip last year, right? Where yeah. you know it's going right. to come down. Um, one name I would like you guys to file away if he plays um, uh-huh. is, and I uh, when I, I say if he plays, uh, Reese McGuire. Can you guys tell me who he plays for? He's a Blue Jay. Uh, ah, I knew Art was going to get it. He's a former first-round pick uh, for the Blue Jays, and he actually was drafted in uh, in 2013. Uh, he was the 14th pick last, or in uh, he played 44 uh, games since 2018 for the Blue Jays. He's at 297 with with uh, seven home runs. Um, he has a lot of potential. I, I've actually been hearing his name floating around as a very, very big. Uh, potential prospect to break out this year um and uh i oh i say if he plays because apparently I, I just googled him just now and about four hours ago he got caught masturbating in public <laughs> <laughs> what according uh, to the report, is that against the law according to the report cops say they pulled up to his car in the parking lot with his shirt barely covering his genitals and his sweatpants around his ankles 
They claim in the report that McGuire got out of his car in that direction, which was very apparent. So, this I, loose I need cannon, some more details. This loose cannon, Reese McGuire, was arrested. Wow. For it. So, um, he was, they say it's just public exposure. Am I crazy? Yeah, but it. I like him more it. now. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Like he might be my last pick, just because of just because of this. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, are so you're are you going going to wait uh, on and see if he starts strong, or are you are you really going to invest some draft capital in Reese McGuire? Well, I think Reese McGuire. It's not about how he starts; it's how he finishes. Ah. Uh, so, I I think whoa. Reese McGuire is. Uh, <laughs> I, I do you didn't get to finish. I think that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think that that job seems open. Danny Jansen didn't exactly run with it last year. Um, I, right. I think in general, unless Real Muto or Sanchez falls into my lap or one of those top few guys, I probably will wait on a catcher like him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that um, if you don't invest a lot of draft, I, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that you have to jump you know, crazy amount of spots to go get necessarily. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, you invest the end of the draft pick on him, just kind of a flyer. And if he doesn't pan out, then no harm, no foul. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. But I don't think anybody's going to forget his name now. Uh, <laughs> let's move on from catchers to relief pitchers. And, I've heard this stat floating around from multiple podcasts and sources that actually last year, uh, Kirby Yates had 41 saves. That is the fewest amount of saves for a league leader in the major league baseball season um, in this millennium. So no one's had fewer since 2000, at least no one's had fewer than 41 saves in a season. So, uh, so it's, it's interesting. I think the position in general, hopefully is going to bounce back this year. You had guys like, Edwin Diaz be a bust. You had, um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the A's closer. Uh, Liam Hendricks. No, no, no. Um, Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan, thank you. Yeah. Blake Trinan. Uh, obviously, both of them were extreme busts last year. Um, the, the position itself is obviously very just up and down. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, you have a guy mm-hmm. like Jordan Hicks who you draft. Um, get needs Tommy John surgery a few months in the year, and then that draft pick you invested in him, the next guy's up, and he's a free agent. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to hear where how people first they value their relief pitchers. Is it something that they try to get the elite guys, or is it hey I'm going to piece some guys together um, and just pick up free agents throughout the season? So um, Eric, I'm going to start with you for this one, or no, I think I start with you catchers. Or I'll start with you for relief pitchers. Give me some guys you really like, some guys that might be under the radar, or maybe a sleeper closer relief pitcher that you like. And please, Art, I feel like you're going to take the guy I'm thinking for the, the sleeper. So uh, go ahead. Let me hear you got. Um, I think that, uh, you know, obviously, I think Hader is the top guy. Um, I think he's, he's, you know, one of the few relief pitchers that you can bank is going to return you some value. Um, as far as sleepers go, it's, it's, it's really tough because there's, there's so much fluctuation. Um, I'm going to say Taylor Rogers is, 
is my sleeper, the guy who's not, you know, one of the top guys, but I think he plays on a good team. He throws hard. He had good production last year. Uh, Taylor Rogers is a guy who's my, uh, who's, who's going past pick 100. And I think, um, I think he's going to, you know, hold, hold on to that closing position for a really good team. Interesting. Uh, you didn't say who I thought you were going to say, so that's a, that's a first. Um, <laughs> good. Eric, same question for you. All right. Well, uh, I agree with Art. Got to have racist Tater as the number one closer. Uh, I like Brad Hand as the number two. Wow. Have... Brad Hand, huh? Yeah. So, so you're, I... not, you're not worried that uh, Emilio Classe, or however you say his name, Clase, Classe is going to uh, take that job from him? Uh, I honestly don't think so. I think he had a couple bad games last year, but I think he's an efficient closer. He's a lefty. Uh gets to face two bad offenses in the Royals and Tigers. Um, I have two sleepers. So I have Kenley Jansen ranked as my fifth closer. Why do you hate Kenley Jansen? But I don't think he's going to be the the uh, closer the entire year. So I think you, you try to handcuff um, the guy you're talking about from the Twins or someone like Blake Trinan. So I think if you draft him – you might want to take the handcuff with the later pick. They could still provide values with holds. Um, mm-hmm. I another sleeper, and he's Don't not say it, Eric. Don't say it. Alex Colome. Okay. okay. Uh, I think he's someone that has a lot of experience being in late game situations. I think the White Sox got better this off season, and he'll have more safe opportunities. Um, I think it's crucial to get at least one guy that you know is going to be the clear guy for a closer. You know, Kirby Yates, a Josh Hader, and Ozuna where it's like, okay, they're unquestioned. And then people in good mm-hmm. situational roles. For my last one, I enjoy streaming or getting someone that's starting slash relief pitcher eligible. Very good point on that. Um, I think obviously – Assuming that Milwaukee doesn't pick up anybody, Hater's got to be the number one. I am interested that you guys, neither of you said Kirby Yates. Um, I think we all realize that last year was a career year, and there's always a chance for the Edwin Diaz, Blake Trine effect. I, one of the things yeah. I'm kind of interested with the Padres is that they have Andres Munoz, or Munoz mm-hmm. who's an excellent reliever in himself. They have Craig Stammen, who was one of the top three guys in holds last year. They also mm-hmm. have Emilio Pagan, who was recently acquired, who was the Rays' top closer last year. Yeah. Um, they also have Drew Pomerantz, who's become a really excellent reliever. Um, I'd be a little worried if I had Kirby Yates and all the competition, if he were to start faltering, uh, all the guys that they have ready to step in in that closer role. Um, so that's kind of scaring me from him a little bit. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I have him ranked well, as I my think... fourth closer. I, I think you have to have him ranked high because he had a great season last year, but you know, the possibility of one of those guys taking over for him is high. Uh, they have Pagan as well. They just traded for him and he had 20 saves last year. I don't know if you brought him up, but Munoz uh, and, and Pomeranz, uh, you know, they, there's a, there's a lot of guys ready to take in. I think Munoz is their closer of the future. Uh, and uh you know, I had been listening to a, a, a podcast, uh, Rates and Barrels by Eno Saris, uh, and, and uh, I can't remember the other host. 
And he was talking about how um, one of the biggest predictors of relief pitcher success and when they start to lose it is when they start to lose their velocity. And uh, he had stated that Kirby Yates is one of the guys who's losing, starting to lose velocity. So I think that's a good call that he's, he's kind of uh, an iffy pick, but based on what he did last year and the fact that, you know, he has the role, he's going to, you know, he, he's going to go high. Agreed. And um, I think when you look at closers, there's a lot of guys, the uh, Sean Doolittles it's of the world. It's, is it him or Daniel Hudson? Like you are the, you know, the Braves case, is it Will Smith or Mark Melanson? Um, you know, both those right now, Mark Melanson's listed as the closer. Um, right now, Sean Doolittle is listed at the closer, but uh, how confident do you feel that both of those guys are going to have the job the whole season? You know, it's, um, I think it's with relief pitchers, it's a lot of guessing. It's a lot of picking a guy up like Giovanni Gallegos, who could be the next man up if something happens and just kind of being on the ball. One of the top closers blows two or three saves in a row to go to the waiver wire pickup. They're the guys next in line, a start or two before they maybe get the gig. Um, it's It can be a sneaky part of fantasy that people aren't invested in, but um, it can – be a big difference, uh, negative 20 from a Wade Davis. I think uh, that, that still haunts me a little bit. Or, you know, could be, uh, you know, a, a Josh Hader gets you 16 with two innings of four strikeouts and a win. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I, I said, you're preaching the choir. I like relief pitching. I relief pitching is the bane of my existence. It's why I have rated guys like Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, and Edwin Diaz up high because they were given big contracts to be closers. So I think that their teams are going to give them a chance to be the closer. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, you, there's so many guys. I, I had a in the finals two seasons ago, I had Ty Buttrey out there who was who was closing at that time for the Angels, and he got me a negative 16 in the finals. It, 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 yeah, I, I, I would not draft a relief pitcher the entire draft if I didn't have to fill in the spot. I, I just hate him so much. <laughs> Eric, Eric, you remember when we were together and I was uh, – Wade Davis blew, I think it was two or three straight games. Oh, my gosh. You, you went off. He got negative 16, and David – was like pissed for a day straight, but then the next start he got negative twenty one. He he blew two massive saves in a row, and it cost me the week single handedly from just mm-hmm. two bad back to back relief appearances from him. Um, yeah, I, I think that was the start of me compl- complaining to Eric about changing the the scoring for relief pitching. Nah, <laughs> you gotta look. You gotta live with the fact that you made a bad pick with Wade Davis. That was the year he started declining, the first year with the Rockies, not this past year. That was the, the first year of trouble with him. Um, the first year. You know the risk when you, when you have Wade Davis on your team. You know the risk with any Colorado Rockies pitcher, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the one thing that you guys didn't mention is my big sleeper, and I guess this is the part that stinks about doing a podcast together, is we're all kind of our laundry out there in the open now um, for each other to hear. Um, Nick Anderson for the Rays. Um, I think he's going to be a top five closer this year. Um, now with Emilio Pagan out of there, 
Um, the Rays are going to be competitive. Nick Anderson averaged 15 strikeouts per nine last year. Um, with the Rays, when he got traded, he averaged 17 strikeouts per nine. Um, he's a extremely great strikeout pitcher. His ERA was, uh, I believe, 3.3 when he got traded to the Rays. Um, and it was he got better as the season went on. Um, for the season, he had a 4.11 ERA. Um, but this guy is just unreal. Um, he had a, a 1.24 whip, which isn't horrible. Um, not great, but not horrible. Or I'm sorry, no, that's his, his projected. Last year, he had a 1.07 whip, excuse me. Um, and when he was with Tampa Bay, his whip went down to 0.65. Um, this guy just, it, it seems like he's the next big thing. And I, I think he's already starting to go up the draft boards when Pagan got traded, but um, I think this guy's going to be a stud. Um, so I, I wish I wish I knew who was going to take over in there. I know the, the the Rays are one of the teams that plays the most games with their relievers. They still have Jose Alvarado, whoever was drafted last year as a closer, and they have Diego Castillo, who who they used as an opener a bit last year, but uh, apparently has the stuff to be a closer. I, I like. I like Anderson as probably the the best pitcher of the three, and but I I don't know what the Rays are going to do at all. Yeah, I kind of similar to that. I I actually do like Nick Anderson. Um, I remember him last year. He's kind of one of those hitters, like or those pitchers that is filthy, but sometimes gets uh, hit around a little bit. Um, the only thing with Kevin Cash, I I kind of imagine the Rays bullpen being how the Red Sox was last year where I felt like Brandon Workman was the clear guy, but he threw in Joe Kelly a little, or um, the other pitchers, I'm forgetting who they were right now, but I just don't see Kevin Cash saying to one guy, you're the closer. I think Mm -hmm. he's definitely someone to that's valuable to own because we uh, award holds in our league. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm with there with you. Maybe not top five just because of what Kevin Cash, I feel like we'll limit him with. But, um, you know, definitely some sleeper potential there. Uh, Respect that you told guy. us, David. Respect. I mean, I, I'm if, to make the podcast genuine, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I mean, my, my predictions are out there for everybody to hear. So if they hit, then I'll get a little more credibility. If they fail, then obviously I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I think um, I think if I was if I could throw one more sleeper out there, I'm gonna uh, throw Joe Jimenez for the Tigers. I think he has the job, and they're um, they're going to be a bad team, but you know when they win, it's going to be a close game. So he has a chance to, to to save thirty plus games, and he's a guy who strikes out you know over a batter per inning. Last season, he had a home run problem. Uh, I think most of baseball had a home run problem. But um, but they're going to give him every chance to, to hold down the job. And, uh, you know, he, he, is, he was a big prospect. He, uh, and so I think that uh, that if he, uh, if he gets the ch- – he's going to have the job and, and he could just keep it the whole season and he can end up with 30-plus saves from Joe Jimenez. And he's going pretty late. He could do the uh, the Shane Green rule last year. Yeah, Shane Green, what a guy! And 
I think Art, that's also a, a good point to mention. If he does well, they might trade him to a contender like they did with Shane Green, and uh, he could be the closer on a contending team. Get a lot more saves. Yeah. Um, so that's, again, that's, that's our catchers and relief pitchers. Uh, again, uh, next week we'll tackle the corner infielders, first base, third base. Um, so if before then, if you listen to the podcast and have any questions about certain players, please make sure to uh, send them in. Uh, you can, for right now, we will have a social media site active in due time, but um, reach out to any of the three members of the podcast on social media, um, text, whatever, and uh, we'll make sure we include it in the next episode. Um, so now we're going to move into our second to last segment here. It's the question of the week. Um, this is one of our favorite segments we did uh, in our fantasy football podcast uh, that fits right in here with fantasy baseball. And our question this week is, which current player in Major League Baseball do you feel is going to be due for a PED suspension? All right, so uh, this is a complete guessing game. Obviously, we are not accusing any of these individuals of having performed or enhancing drugs, but uh, what, who would just have a gut feeling might show up one of these days? So, um, Eric, I'll start with you. Who is your player you're picking for, to be PED suspended? All right, it's Max Kepler. Uh, I think last year he had like 35, 36 home runs. Uh very much a career year. I know the Twins are a good hitting team, but I just think that's fluke. He's Jewish, and uh, Ryan Braun was Jewish and got caught. And uh, I don't know, just gut feeling. So it's because he's Jewish, <laughs> he's going to get caught. I just, like the way you said it, he's Max Kepler. <laughs> just being honest, gut feeling. Oh, my goodness. All right, Art, who do you think? I'm going to stay topical uh, for today's for today's podcast, and I'm going to say it's uh, Roberto Osuna because he's an Astro and they're known cheaters, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and he might you know here's here's the narrative he's gonna he's gonna have a sore arm and he's like ah oh, just I'll just take a take one shot in the butt just one pop me in the butt once and I'll I'll start to heal you know and then. You know, it's going to happen. He's going to get tested right then. People, people forget he has depression. Well, there, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's had a he's had a, he's had a colored past. Uh, he's going to get and, booed uh, everywhere he goes. He's going to get booed. He's going to have arm troubles. And so yeah. he's going to go. He's going to go for the for the steroid people, needle. People are probably going to call him a wife beater again now that like he's in like bad bad yeah. standings already. He's not. He, he thought he was past it. Yeah. No, he's not. No, he's, he's going to be known as also a uh, a a PED user as well. Yeah. David, do you Mark, have one? Do you want to expand on your man crush of Roberto Azuna? What'd you say? Do you want to expand on your man crush of Roberto Azuna? He did well for me last year. You have a strange crush on Roberto Azuna. Uh, you talk about Azuna a lot. Wow, I can remember. I guess I, I guess he is a man crush Monday. Probably won't feel the same if I don't have him this year, though. Um, the the player I'm going to stick with Art in the Astros theme. I think it's going to be Jose Altuve. Um, I, I think 
he's one of the guys that I feel like benefited the most from this whole ordeal. And I think if he starts struggling, he's going to need to do something to uh, get him back to that level. I would not be shocked if just to pile on it. It doesn't seem like he has the, the batter's eye that Alex Bregman has, but he has equally, if not more pressures as the quote unquote face of the franchise. Um, I would not be shocked to see it. Yeah. He's somebody I'm probably not going to draft this year. Um, and it sucks because he's five five, and I always root for the guys that are my height or shorter. But I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. But David, to your point about Osuna, I said that I wouldn't be surprised if he did get suspended. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, he's already been suspended, like we were saying, for for smacking around the girls. So yeah. Um. All right. So I have. Last but not least, we have again. One of our favorite parts from our fantasy football podcast was including some type of game for the listeners to get involved with. And so each time I read a, one of these parts of this game, you can pause it. You can listen and answer with us. Um, see how many of these you can get right. So for this first game, and again, as we keep going, I'll have all the drops just like for football. So it'll be a little bit more organized. Uh, just first episode. So it's always going to be a little bit kind of just getting our feet wet here. Um we have a game in which I'm going to name 15 pitchers from last season. And Art and Eric are not allowed to use their computers, their phones. They have to tell me if the pitcher had an over a 3.5 ERA or they had under a 3.5 ERA. Whoever oh gets the most correct is going to win. All right. So All right, I'm down. Do we, do we like try to answer simultaneously or you take turns asking? I'm going to basically – Read the name. You both tell me over or under. Again, obviously, I'm assuming you guys won't agree on every single one. Okay. All right. And then I'll and then I'll tell you the ERA. All right. I'll keep track of the points. Um, because I can do that type of math at least. <laughs> okay. Number one, Charlie Morton. Under. You guys can just say it. Under. And Arda, what did you say? I said under. That is correct. Charlie Borden had a 3.05 ERA last year. Good job, Art. One for one. One All for right. one. Next one. I wanted to give you guys an easy one to get your confidence up. Nice. <laughs> Mike Miner. Oh, boy. I'm going to say... I'm going to say under again. I'll also say under. You both get a big fat X for that one. Damn. Mike Miner was over. He had a 3.59 ERA. I oh, thought he had like oh, a 3.46 or something. It was close. That's, I, that's close. That's close. All right. Next one. Jeff Samarja. I'm going to say over. Over. Over, yeah. Over. It's over, but not by as much as you think. He had a 3.82 ERA last year, so you both got back on the board with that one. David, I'm surprised All you right. didn't do like a 3.51 or something. Well, there's, I still have more to go. Yeah. Don't speak too soon. 15 to go. 12 to go. Next one. Jose Barrios. I'm going to say over. Over. Over, Ah, dude, yeah. that was good. Correct. He had a 3.68 ERA last year. He got bombed in some outings. Uh, but I think people he was dominant in the beginning of the year. He has a I lot think. of K's. That boy's filthy. He throws a wiffle ball. 
Yeah, he like does. a legit wiffle ball. He does. Um, right now we're tied three to three. Next one, Marcus Stroman. Oh. Oh, damn. I know he had over when he was with the Blue Jays, and I think he did kind of bad with the Mets. That's really tough. Art said over. I'm going to say over. You both are going. And you both are incorrect. Oh, no. You both don't know your Marcus Stroman. He had a 3.22 ERA last year. Maybe he's the one who's going to get a PED suspension. (laughs) Damn. I thought I knew Stro Daddy like that. No. No. Mm -mm. All right. Next one Zach Wheeler. I'm going to say under. Art, you should know this because I think you had him on your team, didn't you? I did. I think he's over. I'm going to say over, too. Uh, Eric is just ride the gonads of Art that time. <laughs> no, no, correct. no. I, I actually thought about it. He he got hit around some outings. Yeah, he, he had did. He a 3.96 ERA. The Nationals smacked him around every time he played the Nets. Um, next one, you Darvish. Under. I'm going to say over. Ah, we have our first difference. Eric gets that one correct. Ah. Eric, um, he had a 3.98 ERA last year. Um, But that one was tricky because he finished the year so strong. He did. He was a free agent, though. Yeah, in a lot of leagues, people got tired of all the horrible outings and just dropped him. Same with uh, Jack Flaherty, right, Eric? Oh, man. <laughs> um, next one, Dakota Hudson. Over. Under. Art is correct. He had a 3.35 ERA. Yeah. Yeah. The, I the only sinker ball do you, special. David, do you I know what his whip was? Because I bet his whip was really high. Um, did he whip? Because uh, I see. owned him and he Dakota was so Hudson. stressful. His whip last yeah. year, as I pull this up here, was – he's 25 years old, just in case you were oh, curious. Same age, nice. Um, he had a 1.41 whip. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty poor. And it, you want to know what it is? Whip in <laughs> in two postseason games was a 2.6. Yeah, I yeah. – wow. That's – he got really lucky then. Yeah, so that's – that's a when we get to starting pitchers, that could be a very fair regression candidate for next year. Absolutely. Uh, so we're both back tied again. All right, we got the last seven here. We'll run through these real quick. Try to keep this at about an hour. Yeah. Aaron Nola. Over. Under. Art takes the lead uh, again. Art is uh, right. He had a three point eight seven ERA. I would have been able to tell you that because Aaron Nola burned me pretty bad last year. (laughs) He was my big, big breakout pitch. Even though he was already established, I thought with the offensive additions, he was going to get 20 wins. And he just completely faltered. Um, All right, Art is up by one. We go to our next one, Luis Castillo. Under. I'm going under, too. That is correct. Luis Castillo finished with a 3.40 ERA. Nice. Next one, Madison Bumgarner. 
I'm going to go over. Mm, over as well. Both are correct. A 3.90 ERA. Now on the Diamondbacks. Next one. Lucas Giolito. Oh, boy. This is a good one. I had a good year. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to bite the boat and say under. As much as I want to disagree, I honestly think that's under two. Correct. He had a 3.41 ERA. Oh, he uh, was the breakthrough pitcher of last year. He uh, he faltered a little bit towards the end, but for most of the season, he was uh, everything that the Nationals had once thought of and the White Sox were happy to benefit from. All right, Dave, um, how many questions funny- are there left? Okay. Three. I have to disagree with Art, Art on one a, of them. Art <laughs> has a one-point lead. Sonny Gray. Oh, boy. I'm gonna say, uh, am I answering first now because you got to disagree with me on one? I know. I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> okay. I say over. Uh, under. Wow, Eric, you really are choose a bad time to start faltering. Yeah. Sonny Gray had a 2.87 ERA. Wow. Right. He very, very under the radar. Very under the radar. Eric, your only shot of tying this game is you disagree with Art on the last two. And All right, there. let's do it. Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, over. Under. I know it's over. <laughs> Eduardo Rodriguez is over with a 3.81 yes. ERA. I know because I owned him, but. Yes. <laughs> and then our last one, Clayton Kershaw. I, under. I, I, I'll agree with Art now, under. Yes, he had a 3.03 ERA. So Art takes this game, the first fantasy baseball game podcast game, the first five-tool Fantasy baseball podcast game. We will have, just like with the football, we will have different games, try to have as many different games each week as we can. Um, we appreciate you guys listening in to our first episode. Again, we will uh, be providing music, drops, all the good stuff like on our other podcasts. Um, any questions, please send them in to us. Um, as we look forward to providing you with great content um, all season. Again, as at the five with our five tool fantasy baseball podcast, we'll provide you with analysis, projections, stats, balance, or uh, advice, and of course, our humor as we always do. Um, so, is there anything you want to say, fellas, before we get off? No, it's uh, great talking to you guys about fantasy baseball. Eric, what were you? Gonna I was going to say, if you're betting on MLB over unders, bet all of your money on Astros under. and i look forward to you guys taking all my steals that i keep announcing on there all season for the uh draft and then regretting it each day that i put it out there damn Uh, i think piping yourself up just because you feel a certain way that means that we're gonna feel a way about a player not necessarily i more just know i would take it a lot harder than both you guys if they actually hit and i don't get them got it Um, but we will catch you guys all next week. Please uh, make sure to download. We are on Spotify and the Anchor app. Um, Until next week, peace out. Peace out.